Hello and welcome to the Skin Philosophy Edit. My name is Anna Louise Kenny and with me is Jessica Stagg. In these podcast episodes, we bring to you industry experts who have been there, done that, paving the way to help educate and build you and your aesthetic business. And this is the latest episode of the Skin Philosophy Edit. Hi, my name's Jess and today we have on our podcast, Kim Ford. Kim Ford brings us a wealth of knowledge. So I was looking into her background and we are the founder of Beauty Enterprise Solutions, global technical and strategic business, education, consulting and training for the beauty industry. So Kim, I'm sure that you have loads to tell us. Um, So tell us a little bit about your story and your background. How did this all start for you? Well, for me, let's see how it started. When I was quite young, I loved doing makeup on dolls. <laughs> makeup and hair on dolls. Not actually realising there was a kind of career coming up. And then when I got to about, I think, oh God, that's such a long time ago. Probably um, you weren't even born yet. <laughs> 1984. I decided that I wanted to do beauty. So I went and researched all the awarding bodies that they got. And I decided to sit on SIPTAC because it was international. And although you don't know what you want to do when you're at that starting age, I decided that that was the one that I want to do. It was probably the hardest one. And I remember on the day of doing it that I arrived late for my exam because I was getting a pair of white plimsolls. And then I, um, after I'd taken that, I then finished. And then actually, I kind of worked around different things which weren't really involved in beauty. And then I decided to set up my own salon. So I got that set up at home and um, had a bit of newspaper things and whatever, and that was really nice. And then I, I was in Sheffield, because I'm Sheffield born and bred, so I'm a Yorkshire lass, Sheffield United fan. <laughs> Don't talk to me about Wednesday at all. <laughs> and so um, I then decided that I wanted to work in commercial rather than salon. So I went and got a job at Bothered Shop. Okay. A Christmas, it started as a Christmas job, actually. But I absolutely loved working there. I must have worked there for about seven or eight years. And I, um, working there, it, it was fantastic with Anita. And they opened a place which, uh, which was going to be in London, an all-around beauty. And so I went to work in Piccadilly, London. And then after a time working there, I became the manager for Piccadilly and for, oh my gosh, Oxford Street and Brighton. So that was a whole new world. It's something I didn't, I didn't think about in beauty, just something that came. But then again, I should have go backwards a bit actually. Before I left Sheffield, I actually, somebody approached me and said, can you do some teaching? And I was like, teaching oh what's that then anyway so i ended up teaching their skin of color course through interpreters which is about black skin skin of color hair stuff like that and i worked there for about six years at a college teaching which i which i actually loved but then like i said i wanted to go and and and, um work in one of the big boys and it was such an oh my god you just wouldn't believe that i think if i sat back and looked you know 
And now I'd be thinking, oh my God, you know, they sent me all over the place. They sent me to France to set up the salon there and stuff like that. And it's when you're doing these things, I always say to people, whatever is offered to you, even if you think you don't got the skills and knowledge to do it, you have more skills and knowledge than you think. Yeah. So give it a go. What's the worst that can happen, really? I think mm. the worst that can happen is that it didn't work out. Well, then, next one. Door closes, move on to the next one. Yeah. And so after that, let me see, when I came to London after working at Body Shop, I then started working at um, a couple of salons, especially the posh ones. Mm -hmm. So I've got clients who are in um, Hello Magazine and all that kind of thing, and... Um, you know, all the royalty and things like that. And um, that was an eye-opener. I don't know how I even fell in that job, actually. <laughs> it was just a job that came it's up amazing. and fell into it. Mm. But then it gave me another side of, you know, life of how the other half lives yeah. and how they focus. And that was quite interesting as well because um, I found what I would say the one percent is the other half amazing people just mm. take you as you are just as you you know they're just down to earth they're just fantastic there's even clients from that time I've still got now which is like oh my god 20 plus years later um and then from there somebody said to me do you want to be uh don't you think you'd be good as an international examiner and I'm like I don't travel. I don't go anywhere. I'm not interested in travelling. It's a waste of time. But I thought, oh, well, put my CV in and go for it. Mm. This was a sip tag. Mm. So what I did then was put my CV in and uh, attended this uh, training day and this panel interview and then got a job. And then the very first good job I got from them was going to New Zealand. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I remember they take me out to, to, to a place in the top of New Zealand. I was looking over at the Antarctica or wherever it is. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm stood there and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm getting paid for this. You know, everything was paid for. And I'm actually getting paid to be here. And then from there, I went to Malaysia and then it just started to really, really expand. And um, I mean, up to date now, I've been to over 50 countries, 150 wow. cities around the world. I've made some amazing friends. I would never think that that happened. I remember when I got my qualification and I was thinking, I, I didn't actually really know which path I want to go. And I think when you start in beauty, you really don't know what path you want to go. I always say to people, if you think, because things have changed from my time now, mm. if you think, I want to do lashes or I want to do nails, do that. If that is your passion, just head for that and get the best qualifications you can, especially if they're off-call qualifications. That's the really important thing. Make sure they're government ones. I'm not saying that there's nothing in, you know, continued professional development. That's fine. You know, you can go and do extra ones and have lots of different things. But then make that your main focus to do. If you really don't know what to do, do the whole of beauty. I did the whole of beauty. And I 
a kind of, I'll tell you what I did, I hated epilation. Oh my God, I so hated it. Oh God. But the person that always forced me to go and do it, do you know what? It was the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. And I say to anybody, even if you think I'm never going to use this, I don't want it, use it, get it. Any qualification anyone offers you. Because I love doing laser. And what was the prerequisite at the time to laser? epilation so that was just a fantastic move Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to think now I've worked all over the place I've still oh my god I've worked for I work for City and Guilds and APA Mm. Um, I'm the Sodesco um, qualification development person Mm -hmm. I sit on Habia forum I sit on (laughs) City and Guilds Mm -hmm. forum and I say for you as a person never give up you don't you don't know where this industry is going to take you and i think when you start your qualifications my love at this time and what i still do with my clients because i've got a place that's called genesee just on tenure which means just between us and I still have clients I've had for years um, and I do aesthetic treatment so I do plasma, Mm -hmm. microneedle chemical peel you know because you have to keep learning even though I've been in the industry for many years the thing I say to everybody is keep learning every single year learn something new or upskill something across your area Mm -hmm. that is so important and also don't be afraid to take jobs up that you think I mean one of the sad things is because I also work as a business volunteer so that's um, going into colleges and places doing talks about where their life can take and what they can do Mm -hmm. and I've had students have gone to me I've said to them, oh, have you gone to the Marriott or you've gone to here or whatever? Oh, no, they can't go there. Oh, no, they're they're too posh to never take me. Mm -hmm. They are screaming for you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The big boys are screaming for you. Follow your dream. Get in there. Do you know what? They love you You're straight out of college or whatever because they can mould you to their way, to their fantastic things. Mm-hmm. I'm still positive at all the big boys. They, you know, I still look at new things, you know, thinking, oh, I need to get that qualification, I need to get this. And the other day, actually, a really good one I went, it was, I've been passing rituals all the time, but never had time because it's always been rushing. Mm-hmm. And the other day I went to Battersea because they've had a whole new thing done. Oh, yeah. And... Um, I went in the rituals there and I went, whoa, this is my kind of thing. Yeah. You know, all this Ayurvedic stuff and everything because mm. I've done training in that and everything else. So where I am today is <laughs> a kind of EQA, IQA, International Examiner, help mm. people start up with their business, um, business consultancy turnaround. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a portfolio career. Yeah. But you know what? I love it. Yeah. I love people. I love what I do. Yeah. There's been tough times. I'm not going to say it's easy. There's times when the doors were shut. Yeah. There's times in back. Oh, I forgot. I've been a chairman for Baptist and Siptec <laughs> as well. <laughs> so many we things. We just keep this conversation going. Yeah. <laughs> You're opening up so much that I need to get out. Yeah. I need to know so much. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I was a chairman for Bad Tech and Zip Type. And like I say, 
if I'd imagined when I got my Babtac um, insurance thing and I was going, oh, look at this, oh, I'm so <laughs> proud. And then suddenly, and there, being the chairman for it, I, I don't even know how I fell in that. I remember going two years, because the role is two years as as um, vice chair, where I turned around SIBTAC from a bespoke um, awarding organisation to government regulated one mm-hmm. and lots of different things I changed around that they gave me a beautiful book with everything I'd done afterwards oh, wow. and um, that was a real if I'd sit back now and look back at that I think no I'm not doing that but in one once I was in it I learned so much mm. about different things that gave me an opening into okay this is how you work as a director this is how you work as I mean I sit on directors of cancer boards companies in Singapore and stuff um oh my god <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm a trustee on different I do cancer training as well which is wow. very dear to my heart yeah. because um back into just as I finished my um, cancer training, mm-hmm. I found out I'd got ovarian cancer. Oh, okay. And that one I kept very quiet. Mm-hmm. I was still on social media doing everything, yeah. but still going through it, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you have the whole thing that you're going through with cancer. Nobody was aware because yeah. I was still popping out everywhere. Hi! Yeah. Oh, yay! Da-da. And I think that is a challenge as well. I... It was difficult because I loved what I was doing, but I didn't want anybody to feel sorry for me and feel like, mm-hmm. you know, it can yeah. be. And Do you think it's a bit of a processing thing for yourself as well? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was one of these people who, okay, right, I got cancer, what are you going to do? So I had a full hysterectomy, the chemotherapy, which is yuck, and everything mm-hmm. else through it. Um, and I lost my hair and everything. But do you know what? I thought, okay, fine, let's deal with this. And then I just walked back into everything again. Yeah. Just walked straight back into it. So even when things are hard, even when you think there's no doors open for you, you know, it could be family stress. It could be, you know, I've I've helped people who have just called me up from social media and said, I'm going through this, I'm going through a mental crisis, I've had a mental breakdown, blah, 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 but I want to do this in beauty, that in beauty. Fine. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, don't think that you can't, you can. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of support, reach out to somebody. Yeah. I'm always there for anybody to reach out to me, and people do, mm-hmm. you know, help them and point them in this direction, that direction. You know, whether they want to teach, whether they want to, you know, I've had people say, I want my own academy, I want to work here, I want to work there. It's, it, just have that passion. Yeah. And i tell you one thing, network. Yeah. Absolutely network. Mm-hmm. Be seen everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not only about networking, but it's also knowing what's happening in the industry now. Yeah. What's going to happen in the industry in the future. Mm-hmm. Try and think like that. Yeah. Talking of the industry and how long you've been in it for... What do you think that, how do you think that the industry has changed over the years for people that are wanting to come into it? And how do you think it is going to change for the future 
because I find that when like back when I went in the industry um it was about very much about kind of doing your beauty qualification and then everyone then you've got your beauty salons the way that I feel like it's even changed even since I've been in it is it's very much now people are very much wanting to either go self-employed um but and also as well people are becoming very specialized in their field of work a lot of people are going into aesthetics and being amazing at understanding the skin people are going into nails being amazing at nails um and then how do you think it's all, like, how do you feel like it's changed since you've I been I tell in? you, when I did my training, everybody took full beauty and hair. That yeah. was it. Simple as that. And it went on for that for quite a few years. Now, I remember when, I was, so we're going back now to, oh my gosh, 2009, when I took Sibtap from what it did which was a full beauty course, level two or three um, thing, into being off-court courses meant that you could do units. Yeah. And I've actually watched in those years it completely change. Because where we used to go to every centre and do full beauty, few body, that, I can't tell you the last time I did that. Yeah. Now, they, they wherever they are in the world, they specialise. Hmm. They just do makeup, or they just do aesthetics, hmm. or they just do massage, or they just do nails. And that has happened, I'd say, over the last 10 years. Yeah, People now are really focusing exactly as you said, and not just in training academies, but also in themselves. Hmm. And I think that's actually, to a certain, I think, Maybe people in the past would say, no, 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 everybody should have everything. But I think you can't be jack of all trades. Exactly, yeah. Find what you're passionate mm. and do that. Yeah. That's the way to go mm. with it. And I think that will, aesthetics, I mean, that, we just, just never dreamed of these things. <laughs> you know, the most outrageous thing when we were doing was, um, intimate waxing yeah. you know it was like oh my god really <laughs> you know, that was the most outrageous thing but as time has gone on and things have evolved mm. and now i mean there's degrees you can get in beauty now from different places mm. you know beauty has gone from level two to three to four five six seven yeah. working across you know with doctors and nurses and places like that it's just exploded yeah i think like the two good things about that is one of them is it's showing that there is so many different avenues of this industry oh, just yes. in your just in your story alone has shown that you you don't just have to work and do treatments and be clients or you can work in huge franchises or you can go with where the big boys are or you can do your things from home you can travel all over yeah. the world you can cruise ship you can teach you can work in shops you Absolutely. can literally and also i completely like i remember when i first came into the industry i worked in a spa and i absolutely hated it i don't know whether it was either just spas not my environment or whether the people that i was working yeah. with and stuff but as soon and then i was questioning whether i wanted to be in the industry and then as soon as i moved and i started going more into aesthetics and working alongside the doctors and stuff i was like this is where i want to be and so definitely don't give up because maybe that's just not the right avenue absolutely um, i i always say to people as well when people say to me i want to set up my own place and you know get going now the first thing i will say to you is 
running your own business as a spa or whatever else you need to be. Mm. Now remember, you're not going to be doing just what you, you know, the treatment. You've got the accountant, you've got the, you know, the stock to get in, you've got to pay the bills, you've got all those kind of things take up a huge amount of your time. Mm. So when you're going to think all day and you've got to worry about who's going to come through the door, marketing, advertising, setting up a bank account, making sure I've got all the legal stuff. And I normally say to people, before you do that, go out and work with someone. Mm -hmm. You know, there's lots of agencies where if you Google out there, beauty, something online and whatever, and I always say, go and temp. That's what you do. And by going to temp, especially if you don't know what they do, you think one of them, go and temp and find, because with the temping, you don't have to stay with somebody forever. You can say, I just want to do a couple of days or whatever. Or you might go somewhere and think, oh my God, I don't fit in here. Then it doesn't matter. It's on your CV. You know, it's not on your CV. It's a negative. So go and temp. Mm. Find out what you really, really want to do. And from that, sometimes you don't know what doors it opens. Mm. But also it can clarify the mind. I did such a lot of temping. Oh my God, such a lot of temping. But it really led me to where I want to go. So I think that's really, really important. Once you've done your temping, then think about, oh, I do want to set up. Mm -hmm. And there's places you can, you know, there's people you can reach out to in the industry. You can go to things like business libraries. Um, There's the London Business Library. I know this is going out to everywhere, but you can join them online and download um, step-by-step plans of how to open a nail business, all the things you need to do and all that Mm. kind of thing. And so that's your next step. Mm. But I think what's changed is pandemic, really. I think that really made people reevaluate their life. Mm -hmm. And that stopping suddenly Mm -hmm. of this mad working and this and that. You know, we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people start to evaluate the life and think, oh, well, actually, I like this, (laughs) (laughs) you know. And actually, I was doing A, B and C, and I found that's not really what I wanted to do. I want to do Z. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people sold the salons, and a lot of people built those beautiful salons in there. And they started to get a work-life balance Mm -hmm. and I think that's what's really changed across people's lives that work-life balance Mm -hmm. and I think as a therapist you need to take care of yourself yeah yeah I mean there's Mm -hmm. things I go to on the weekend but normally for me Friday five o'clock I'm done that's it unless it's something specific in the industry Mm -hmm. and you've it's the hardest thing sometimes to say no but you've got to take care of yourself got to give yourself space to Mm. grow and whatever but i think in the future it's going to continue to expand and grow as it is people are going to be very focused on that path that they want to go down Mm -hmm. already when i'm examining people at level four they're saying to me you know whatever it is in aesthetics they're saying so right can i do the level five now so people, it's really 
turned on its head yeah. the beauty industry and it doesn't matter whether it's aesthetics whether it's nails whether it's lashes you know whatever it is people are really focusing and growing on that mm. and spreading across the world yeah 100 i think i definitely agree i think that everyone's going into a little bit of that cliche mindset of like um working smarter not harder in a way like people are understanding i find now that gone are the days that it actually kind of looks cool to constantly be busy to look like you're just constantly working all the time people are now aspiring to people who actually just have a life which they want to live and which works for that person and i think like you said is that this industry now is very much becoming people are now trying to in a way work smarter not harder but also as well is um like you said becoming a lot more tunnel vision focused on what they want to do being extremely good at what they do and then being able to live a life they want to live alongside their their passion mm. i think that's been a generational thing as well mm. i think the whole of the generations that have come to come up um in the past uh we probably was you know quite flat on the way but I think because things have evolved, the youngsters now have said, okay, I'm more open, yeah. I'm more free. They don't necessarily look at, at the, they think, they're braver, and yay, go for it, man, be brave. <laughs> and I think that they really need to go for that and get that done. Mm. And just, you know, sometimes you may not know what you want to do, but just Go for it and give it a go. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work out, hey, I always say there's no such word as fail. It's no. fail, attempt, yeah. first attempt at learning. Yeah, exactly. And you learn from everything. Mm -hmm. And I just think the future of our industry is just growing and growing and growing. And, you know, we've got so many men in there who are therapists, you know, or, or in spas. I'm not just saying owners. I'm saying therapists who are working in India, there's therapists working in spas and things yeah. like that, or male. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of male coming through. We've got males who've got cancer schools and things like that. So it, it's the man thing as well. We welcome gentlemen on board. Mm -hmm. You know, what gender, what race, whatever you are, we welcome you all on board. It's a really diverse. And I think the other thing that's changed as well is where we used to have, just if you remember the Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I've got to say it like it's really old, but it is now. <laughs> because things have moved on now because the world has moved on. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's so multicultural. So we're having to think as aesthetics people or beauty or skincare people, the way we do our consultations. So we know we look at phenotyping, we look at the, the history of their family. You know, somebody walks into the room for a laser treatment. And an example of that when I was IQAing and the student was looking, going to the, through the consultation form and everything and saying, oh, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said to her, I was looking at this client and I'm thinking, hmm, there's something in this client, mm. culturally. What is it? And I said to her, do you think that you need to be asking about genophenotype of your client? Mm. And she did, and guess what? Mm. She was as pale as you. Mm. But her mother was white, her father was Indian. Oh, okay. But you would mm. never you would know, know that. Yeah. But then that means that when you're going to put your parameters mm -hmm. on your lasers, you've got to think about 
is this really a, a, a Fitzpatrick yeah. three? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, or a two or a one, mm-hmm. because we've got to think about underneath what yes. the you know because of the cultural thing. What are the things that may happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that has really opened up in the world. Mm-hmm. We look at all the big brands, the Fendi, the whatever has come out there. Even the big boys are opening up and changing. You look at what's happening with Dermalogica. I remember Dermalogica years ago when they said we're never going to all this machine stuff. <laughs> now they're doing, I yeah. tr- you know, I do exams at Dermalogica, yeah. macroneedling, chemical peeling. They've mm-hmm. just got in line with hydrofacial. Mm-hmm. You know, there's places like Boots to work with, Sibtac, um, on their skincare products where they're bringing the big boys now are just not having you on the counter selling their item. They want you to be trained. They want you to have knowledge. They want you to have skills. And so they're sending you now out to the right places to get that training. Mm-hmm. So you grow from place to place to place. Yeah. And I think that is, our industry is just amazing. I love it. you mm-hmm. got to love people in this. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's never easy because you're going to get those clients who you think, oh, God, her again. <laughs> but she's loyal. She comes to you. Yeah. You know, she yeah. does what you say to do. Yeah, You've exactly. got to be able to let things go over your head mm-hmm. and just... Learn to deal with difficult clients. You know, it's they might be difficult, but that you don't know what's going on in their life. Yeah, I think um, you can see. I don't know whether it was your general personality or whether you've bit or whether this has happened through being in the industry. But you definitely going into the people like the people that you meet. Like you said, you deal with difficult clients. But I do find that in this industry, you are almost someone's not so much counsellor, but you hear every single life story going, whether that be from your client or from or when you're working with your students and stuff. It is amazing the different stories that you hear and it is so important in this industry to stay open-minded. Like everyone oh, yeah. is going through their own life and it's just, and it completely um, humble humbles you down, I find, um, of what you can learn from others. Absolutely. And I have that thing of, if I go somewhere new or someone said I'm new in the industry and they're doing something I think wow oh that's something new I've learned so never underestimate somebody whether they're new in the industry advanced you know whatever they're doing you learn from every single person that you meet something yeah definitely and take that on board be humble you know don't be I I, you know I have people who say to me oh you know I saw you back one day and I'm thinking what do you mean you won't talk to me I want you to talk to me I like talking to people I love people but they they put me on this kind of pedestal and I don't want them to do I want them to come and talk to me I love people I love talking to people I love guiding them I really don't want people wasting their money doing courses that later on they find is not good enough Mm -hmm. and we have that for me personally I have nothing against accredited courses or CPD. They've got their place in the industry. Mm. But I do believe when we come to aesthetics and things, it needs to be tighter. It really does. Yeah. Let's talk about the education industry of beauty and aesthetics um, for the minute. So um, you're the examiner for SIBTAC. Yes. Yeah. Um, And so obviously that is an off-call qualification. We offer SIBTAC at our training academy and the standard and the criteria that we need to get our students to hit is um, amazing. Very, very high standard. Um, So obviously if people are coming into the industry, 
um, tell us a little bit about the difference between accredited and off-call qualifications for people that are listening because we get people that can't, that are listening to this who are debating whether to come into the industry or change their career. So tell us about the educational side, what are we looking out for? So with the educa- educational side, when something is accredited, what it really kind of means is that somewhere like the Guild or Babtac has said that it's good enough, you know, for them to go out there and do a particular thing. But with accredited courses, they, they're they normally the ones that people would do um, as a short or additional course to something. That's what they do, where they've already got... So, for instance, if I... I say what I have to do accredited courses is when I did my beauty and I wanted to do um, baby massage, mm-hmm. yeah, but I didn't want to get into it into a big way, I went and did it that way mm. so that I could have something to work with, but it wasn't the main part of my industry. Mm-hmm. When it was CTC. Oh, my God. CPD, (laughs) Continual Professional Development. That means that you continue to... You're already qualified, Mm -hmm. okay, in that subject area, and you're upskilling because there may have been changes, Mm -hmm. okay, within an area. So that's two of the areas that people look at. And then there is also endorsed... And that's when people do a course and their own course, as same as um, is CPD is an accredited statute, people do their own course, but they want an awarding organisation such as um, Habia or SIBTAC to say, yes, this is an excellent qualification that you can do it. Now, if you want to start out in the industry, I say to everyone, please, please, in that area that you want to specialise, please do an off-qual qualification. Mm -hmm. The reason behind that is that you've got all the knowledge and skills that an employee would need, but all the knowledge and skills that you're not a risk to customers out there. Yeah, exactly. Because there's all, of course, you've got to have insurance and you've got to be, and to be credible as well. You know, it's about about you, it's about your brand. We want to know that you've got the greatest qualifications following the National Occupational Standards of Habia that is government covered. And there's so many ways that you can do it. You know, there's the awarding organisations that are out there, um, VTCT, which people, a lot of people do, mm-hmm. yeah, at different centres. You've got um, iTech, which is part of VTTC, uh, their international arm. Mm-hmm. You have SIBTAC, which is off-qual. Yeah. You have Qualify, which is the new one on the block, mm-hmm. with their, which are brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I've done their level five quals. Yeah. I go everywhere to do that. <laughs> My great. VTCT was lasers. My yeah. level fives were Qualify. Mm-hmm. My beauty was <laughs> SIBTAC, you know. <laughs> then you've got Sodesco, which is, they're not regulated, but they're known fully around the world. Okay, right. And a lot of employers love them because, again, 
with SIPTAT, with Stesco, the standards are very, very high. Mm. And there there are newer awarding bodies coming on board as well, yeah. such as OCN, I think there's Protocol, there's uh, Gatehouse, mm. and there's all these new awarding bodies, but they tend to be specialising in different things. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing, you know, PRP coming through yeah. and all that kind of thing. But the important thing for me to anyone is check out first, is it an off-call qualification? To be an off-call qualification, they have to be registered with an awarding organisation. And the certificate will say off-call on it. Mm -hmm. And it's normally done in units. Now, for instance, all my qualifications are off-call. But I wanted to do hydrofacial um, and, you know, there probably isn't, there isn't a regulated qualification for that mm-hmm. in any state. And you can get that a lot of, a lot, across a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, go and do your accredited course. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Because there isn't, just find a very good centre from word of mouth, from being in groups on social media, asking people, you know, I'd like to go and do hydrotherapy or whatever. Who's a good person to go and, you know, do that? You're mm-hmm. talking, ask people about, you know, whether it's is somewhat good, is squared good, you know, yeah. what brand should I have? You know, what do you think about this brand? Join those Facebook groups, mm. Instagram, whatever it is. Get on there. Mm. But qualifications, qualifications, please, please be careful when you're spending your money. Yeah, there is um, so many um, different kind of courses and qualifications. I think there's, I think there's a space for kind of like CBT oh, yes. and courses. But Absolutely. I think the space for it is that obviously, of course, make sure that they're reputable companies oh, and yeah. that and you've done your research. Yeah. But I think I personally think that it's more on somebody that, who is already in the industry that has their off course yes. qualifications and like what you said about just kind of adding things to your bow, just putting kind of like seeing what's out there, yeah. learning from others, and seeing it as almost like an open-minded learning um, experience rather than seeing it obviously and I think sometimes as well like you were saying try it to see if you really like it before you fork out to be off call you know Mm. whether it's nails or whatever it is try it and think maybe I don't really (laughs) like that Mm." because I'm not a luscious person but I tried it and I'm glad I didn't bother going that way because it's not me Mm. Um, I did micro pigmentation it's off call and whatever Mm. but only because I needed it for my examining, <laughs> but yeah. it's not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about these online courses that people are doing? Um, do you think? I think that the way that the industry, the one good thing that I'd say is that I personally think that they are crunching down on the industry more of like the insurance companies looking for qualifications, and the standard of the industry now is becoming very high. Um, but I do think that there is a lot of people that come into the industry that are very misguided that see these online courses that they can do microneedling and be and be done after a oh hundred quid. Oh my <laughs> god! I've seen it worse than that. Yeah, I've seen it for. Ten ninety nine. Oh wow! And become a plasma therapist <gasps> or micro needleist or a chemical peel. Just two hours online yeah, and crazy. watch the video. Yeah. No. I know. Absolutely no. Mm-hmm. The dangers that are in those kind of things are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. If you you can't do that training and go out 
and deal with clients because you don't know enough. It takes times to know. You have to understand the background of the skin, what that treatment's doing, what the dangers are. They can be very disfiguring to people. So, yes, maybe you want to go and do it just to find out, is it really what I want to do? Yeah? But don't do that course and think you're qualified to go out and do it because you're sooner or later going to hit a problem yeah and that problem i mean i work as an expert witness for the courts as well that's another one of my bows (laughs) and um i see so many things that come through on that Mm. and i think oh my god why did the therapist do this you know and people are very ready now days to take you to court about things as well oh yeah people are very on it yeah that, everyone thinks that they're politicians nowadays to think um absolutely when things happen. yeah yeah definitely. and also when i talk about the through my career i also hold a degree in business and enterprise mm-hmm. because i love international business mm-hmm. but that was something i did later and that happens with a lot of therapist as well yeah you know as well as their beauty they go and learn marketing mm-hmm. they go and be a social media expert so mm. it, it expands in so many ways yeah definitely yeah people now are doing so much in your own experience like literally i could sit here forever and just listen to and almost dive into each individual mm-hmm. point so you can tell me all about it but for you what is your um either your own well, is the pros and the cons really? What was your biggest things that you have learned in terms of potential either things that you've gone wrong or stories that you've heard from, um, of or what what's happened to you within your time of in the career? But also the positives as well. Obviously, you've got so much under your belt. What where is your passion? Is there something that really stands out more than others? Um, what does it for you? I think the negatives were the um not quite knowing knowing who to go to because mm-hmm. i think in those days you didn't it was kind of the ladies who lunch qualification right. yeah. <laughs> and so you didn't really know where to go for guidance or anything and so it was much more tougher that i had to try and find my own way And I think I did make a lot of mistakes along the way of getting things not quite right. Um, And, you know, sometimes I think also I've made mistakes of getting great jobs because the, you know, what I thought was a great job because the money was great and it was working for an amazing company. And then a month later, I'm like, I just walked out. Just mm. handed my notice and walked out. And I've done that twice, so I've learned over the years. That mm. can happen. Mm-hmm. You think you want to work for a great company and you make that mistake of taking on the job and then thinking, this is not really what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that is okay as well. That's it's okay. okay to go into something yeah. thinking, this is what I want to do yeah, and then decide it's not like no. it's, yeah. And be brave. Walk, I mean, I didn't have anything to go to, mm. but... I was honest with myself. Yeah. And so that is, it wasn't easy. All the way through was learning to be brave myself, learning when to say no, learning from people, you know, who know what's what in the industry. Mm -hmm. And I think 
you've got to work out for you who you want to be because yeah. you're your brand and for me my most passionate thing is really is wanting to help someone to reach their goals yeah Amazing. really guide them to say hey do this do that do the other think about that you know i know you're in a rush to do this but step back mm -hmm. i'm giving you all the information think about that my passion is working with people especially international because quite often they're not brave enough to think you know i'll be in the exams and actually at the show um the last show there was a guy who came over to me and he said to me, Kim, he said, 12 years ago you examined me mm -hmm. and I was just doing the small part beauty and you said to me, what are you only doing this small bit for? You're brilliant, go and get the whole thing. <laughs> now he runs a huge aesthetics laser and skincare oh, wow. company and training so academy and yeah. he said and if it wasn't for you i would not be here Aww. but i don't care that it was about me i was yeah. cared that he made that journey mm -hmm. that what i said to him inspired him to make that journey i am so happy when mm -hmm. i see people win awards grow you know and Oh, I just love people. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so my passion. Amazing. Yeah, no, that is really, really lovely. So what do you, um, what would you say is your work-life balance? Because you have obviously worked extremely hard. Mm. So what do you do when you're not doing this? Like, do you... To I do Northern Soul dancing. Oh, <laughs> nice. Month, I love Northern Soul. I do that, um, yeah. I love yeah. Northern Soul dancing. Yeah. I love music. Oh my God, I can live music. Yeah. So I go yeah. to a lot of soul events. Mm. Pizza Express, really good. Pizza at the same time. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do love, for me, I'll take a book, or my Kindle as I say, yeah. and go into somewhere like Join the Juice and just sit back sometimes yeah. mm. and just read it. Amazing. Have a nice coffee, yeah. chill out, you mm. know. And for me, just walking around, what I tend to do at the weekend is not pick somewhere. Mm. It's just go, right, where my part, or where we're going to go, mm. what we're going to do, and just go for and it. Just do whatever this And that is be. so relaxing. Yeah. And it's, but it's been really tough for me because of what I do. Yeah. Being able to say no. Yeah. I think boundaries is very hard oh, for anyone it's nowadays. So hard. But I also find wow. that we're potentially living in a generation where we're create like creating boundaries is an amazing thing. Yes. But then um it's like really sticking by them. But I think that everyone's creating their own boundaries. Oh yes. I find it's a little bit harder now in this industry to um in a way please everybody yes even though we sh even though we shouldn't be pleasing everybody but everyone's creating such strong boundaries for themselves now yes that's like that it's just i think it's just really important to not worry about what anyone else is doing mm. and just do like you said do your passion be good at what you do find your own path and just and yeah. everyone's just kind of 
going their own way. And communicate. And communicate. Yeah, communicate. Yeah, yeah just yeah. really communicate with the clients. Communicate yeah. with more. And don't think, you know, there's nothing that's called a stupid question. No. Or, yeah. oh my God, everybody's going to judge me if I ask this, that and the other. I go and ask people all sorts of things because <laughs> I don't get it or understand it. Yeah. And I've been in there for the interest. Don't be afraid of that. Yeah. There's always somebody out there go. Oh, I'd, I'd love to help her or mm. him or she or her, mm-hmm. you know, whichever. Yeah, there is. A lot of yeah. people are out there wanting to help people now as well, um, or always. Um, amazing. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, um, thank you for just, having this me. This has been an amazing conversation. Like, literally, we could go on for hours. <laughs> I wish that we had all day because I want to know absolutely everything. Um, but... Just to finish off, what so for a lot of our listeners tend to be people that either are having bit um, or own businesses or are looking on to come into coming into the industry or potentially students that they're coming into it but they are still finding their path a little mm-hmm. bit. What would be your advice, either either business advice or people that are new coming into the industry? Um, what would be your key points for someone who's right at the beginning of their journey right now in this industry? I think if you're right. At the beginning of your coming into or thinking about coming into the industry, research it. Do you really, really want to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Research as much as you can across um, media yeah. as well as speaking to others before you take that next step. Mm-hmm. You know, go on the social media groups and whatever and ask and try and decide where you want to go and if you're not sure where you want to go pick a couple of things and start small start there and the main thing that you think i love even if you want to expand that later later because you can build it up over the years that's what everybody does and i think when coming into this injury be open be open to learn new Mm -hmm. things and be passionate about what you do and don't be afraid Honestly, we love therapists, etc. We are people, people. Mm. We love you. Yeah. I think a lot of new people as well, who I find like students that I teach, they put themselves under so much pressure to know everything. And like the thing is, we're all still learning now, and like we've been in the industry for for years and done our have our own stories to tell. Absolutely. And it's still every day you learn something. So, like you said, build those. Blocks, yeah. build that foundation and be open-minded that everything is a constant learning curve and also one of the things i really always say to students when i'm t- teaching they're going i want distinction and i want to credit and i love that and i say to them listen i've had people come for job interviews and things who have had distinctions and whatever and i would not employ them mm-hmm. i said i've employed the one who's just got to pass because yeah. it's not about that mm, exactly. it's about your knowledge, your skills, your communication with people, it's all that kind of thing. So stop putting that huge pressure on it, Mm. on yourself, you know, do the best that you can do. Yeah, amazing. And that's what's important. And I think people with business now, I think you really need to think about where is the niche in your business? Focus on that niche. And maybe throw away the bits that you don't really analyse your your business. What are you actually getting a return on investment with? 
you yeah. know you know it's those products line that you're selling do, do you really need it do you need to get rid of it do you need to change to a product line which is you know less money for you do you need to reevaluate your opening times you know some salons now are doing a lot of late evenings not so much work on the saturday because i think again pandemic things mm. have changed mm. you know look at your costings across everything how can you adjust that as a business mm. because things are getting tighter people are getting tighter but the one thing i say to you get paid what you are worth you've yeah. worked hard for where you get to be Mm -hmm. Don't be dropping these prices and doing whatever. Okay, it's all right to have a special Black Friday event or whatever. <laughs> but generally, the people who want to come to those people uh, uh, seriously, keep the standard in your business. Yeah. Don't 100%. let anything fall yeah. in any level at all. And yeah. that's where I think the business needs to look. And look at even affiliated or working with other businesses you know hairdresser down the road you, you don't know who it is or where it can bring you yeah 100%. so with business just really i think now look and evaluate your business yeah yeah i done um i done a webinar the other day and the one thing that i was getting out to everyone is the the background of a business is just as important as the front and Absolutely. you either have to have your boundaries and delegate time to do the accounts to do the marketing to be a therapist or a practitioner to do whatever you either need to be strict and do that or wherever your strengths are focus on your strength if you want to be a therapist or practitioner be that but it means that potentially your next employee that you take on is going to be someone who's good at the behind the scenes stuff Absolutely. and it's it's really important because also when the business in this industry begins to grow if you are spreading yourself too thin and you're trying to do everything and you're not quite good at one thing and good at another yes. thing, once it does grow, it all becomes messy. Yes. So that's another thing that I, like, I would personally recommend for somebody that wants yeah. to open their business. And I think bring in somebody who's better than you at that task. Exactly, yeah, I'm, definitely. I, yes, I do marketing, but I know I know the marketing guru, <laughs> so I'm going to employ somebody to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yep. I'm going to employ somebody to do my books mm -hmm. if that's what's needed. Yep. If somebody's better at doing nails than me or better at doing money, employ somebody better than you. Yeah. Because that's going to help your business be stronger. Yeah. Exactly. Don't try and do everything. You know, actually outsourcing a lot of things where possible helps you to have a stronger business and focus on what that business really needs. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kim, for coming on and giving your knowledge to all of us. I'm sure that Pete, um, we're probably going to try and maybe get you back in another time to start delving into each of these points. Um, but it's been an amazing conversation and thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. I just love the opportunity to speak, to speak to others out there. And, you know, certainly... Pick up a phone and call me, WhatsApp me, do whatever you need to do. I'm happy to help and support all the time. I love Amazing. you all. Oh, we Thank love you. Thank you for being in our industry. <laughs>